I don't know if you can hear the birds singing, but it is the most gorgeous day in Blakemere. Early April, early morning, and I thought, why sit on the sofa when you and I can go off and find out all about Buns Hill Farm? Alison, who works at Wiggly Wigglers a couple of days a week, is one of our best suppliers, and she grows the wildflowers on and also puts all the hedging packs together and lives on Buns Hill Farm. And so today I thought we'd go and find out about her swablaws sheep, her wildflowers and see what's going on behind the scenes. So I've just walked into the garage. I'm going to get in the Wiggly Mini, start it up, put the roof down and you and I are going on an adventure. sheep they're down in the far fields from the farm so we just jumped in the pickup uh, not the quad bike my brother's got it unfortunately you have so you have to... oh i don't get a ride no, like you don't go no sorry but the only thing is you've got a big injection thing in your hand um, no, no, <laughs> is that for me it's just in case um, i catch a one with a bad eye that's all oh what is um, it then it's just eye ointment it's right. got a bit of a cloudy eye so uh, we might put a bit in okay let's okay, go let's go Because uh, they might not tend to you, have, they didn't know you. No. <laughs> they, put, they put in this field yesterday uh, for a bit more grass. And here they are. Here we have, um, have 14 ewes and 4 um, yearlings in here with 27 lambs. Gosh, that's not um, a bad average. So it's 200% for this year out of 14. Uh, so that's a record, is it? Well, it's pretty good. We had a couple of triplets. Yeah, a couple of singles which evened it out a bit triplets um, get fed on the bottle twice a day just to help them a bit so obviously the mother can't cope feeding three um, and they're special sheep and they need it because <laughs> they're so cute <laughs> and the ewes are kind of brown with a white stripe down their front yeah a white blaze um, which can go under the chin but not into the fleece so you'll be able to recognise the but the lambs are black and white. Yeah, aren't they beautiful? And this one here, this is a ewe lamb, this one. And this, I think this is show potential. That's my best. Well, I'll take a spray. picture of that one. Have you got a name for that one? Or is no, there a number? No, a name. That's number six. Number six. Yeah. So I'll take a picture of okay. number six. Do you want me to call them up for a photo shoot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Will it work? There's absolutely no interest at all because <laughs> they are all fat. <laughs> oh, I don't know, they might come. Okay. A chap from the village this morning phoned, and there's a drain up in the hedgerow there um, that's uncovered. And when the lambs were stuck in this drain deep down, and he's all fine and good now, but um, I counted 27 lambs this morning so he wasn't in there very long but 
Apparently his dog was barking in the hedge and found him. So really? thank you, Mr. Prothero, for rescuing oh. my little lamb. Has he covered the drain up? Yeah, we've covered yeah. it up now. It's, uh, it's a bit awful. Could have been a bit drastic there. Yeah. So we're just walking out to, what's this, Al? Uh, this sort is of a trailer. A lamb creep feeder. feeder. Right. Um, the ewes can't get any feed. It's for the lambs only. And they put their heads in. And it's got a spring action. Um, so that they can't get their heads stuck. Uh, right. Once they get older, you bring the, that bar back so that only the lambs can put their heads in. So the, the lid's on a hook, and then the little lambs can get their heads through the bar to yeah. eat the food, but the adults' heads won't fit. No, they won't fit in there. That's this handy. Is my um, favourite. Ah, oh, let's take a picture. There he is. Okay, number six. Come on then. Oh. Ah. These are wrong markings, these. They look more like pull and badger faces. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a throwback somewhere along the line. So they've got like white um, got eyeliner white. on, yeah. haven't they? And they've got white in their fleeces in the neck, so that's not a category one. And this is a tiddler that we fostered onto the ewe that lost two lambs. How Remember? did you do that? Well, we, we put him in the pen with her. But his mother didn't have enough milk, so we swiped her off and put him on the one that lost two. She was only a yearling, and it's good for her to rear a lamb in the first year. So how old are these lambs then? From around the 25th of February onwards. So, so they grow at a massive rate yeah, then? they do. If I show you the main flock of lambs, they're much bigger than the, those. I think it's because they're a bit deceiving. They've got quite long legs, haven't they? Yeah, they have got yeah. long legs. No. Let me get you with him. Yeah. Come here. Yeah. So, Al, how many males and how many females and what do we refer to them as at um, this age? Well, the males are referred to as tup lambs, really, but they have been castrated, so they'll be weathers. Right. Um, I, I don't keep them to use as rams. I sell them as some stores or they go for fats, like I've just sold last year's in the market recently. Right, so explain um, stores and fats. Um, stores are last year's lambs, basically, that go to market and then someone else buys them on to fatten them. Right. And um, fat, they go direct from the farm to the market and then direct to the abattoir. Sometimes they don't fatten um, straight away. You may want to sell them as stores if you haven't got enough grass or feed for them. And um, without getting into too much detail, how did you castrate them? Well, I could show you yep. with a lastrator and a little... Is, that a is it an orange rubber um, band? Orange rubber band, yes. But isn't that incredibly painful? No, as long as you do it before they're two or three days old, and yep. then it, it isn't painful at all. And what's the point? Because you don't want to keep them all as tap lambs does and you it, can keep them with the females you see before they go to market so does it easier. set them back obviously the tap lambs would grow quicker if they weren't castrated but not too much no yeah i mean we don't like loads of tap lambs around the place you get all sorts of goings <laughs> on all sorts of things going on in the countryside <laughs> and that's enough of that dear listener <laughs> and what about the ewes then how long will they be providing milk um, sort of till about August, end of August time. Right. And then we'll wean them, put them in separate fields. We may sell some of the ewe lambs as ewe lambs this autumn in October at the annual sale. Or I may keep some for myself for replacement flock. 
or sell them as yearlings. It just depends on what they look like and what's going on, really. And, you know, this is how you imagine the perfect farm to be, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it does look perfect now. They're all out in a nice green field. They don't yeah. care about us. But when we were lambing in February, and it was absolutely checking it down with rain, and we couldn't put them out because they were tiny and... Some of the ewes didn't have milk, and then we lost a couple of lambs that were born dead, and that was awful. And um, <laughs> it's not all glory, no. but it is it's really lovely to see now. But, you know, if I wanted to buy meat, yeah. this is the picture I've got in my mind. You know, we are stood looking over this glorious <laughs> view of, I suppose, northern Herefordshire, really, over there, is it? Well, west. West Herefordshire. Herefordshire. The sun is on our back. The sheep are just, well, there's just, what, I don't know, a few inches of grass, it's completely green. Gorgeous. The birds are singing. If I was a sheep, <laughs> this is it, it's isn't it? It's the best, yeah. And they're going to stay out here, well, presumably move fields. Yeah. But their life is set for pleasure. Yeah, it's happy. They get a bit of corn twice a day because they're special sheep and <laughs> they get plenty of water and then they come in for their feet to be trimmed soon, very right. soon. Yeah. Um, and then they'll have to come in because we have to register all the females, uh, which takes a bit. You have to tag every lamb and that sort of register thing. Register so them with who? With the Swartbless Sheep Society. Okay. Yeah, so they will have their special unique numbers. Um, and is it usual to breed... Um, pedigrees for meat because that's essentially what you end up doing isn't it? Yeah it is really I mean the ram lambs go for meat um, they're supposed to be very lean and we were going to put a couple in the freezer Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't have, I don't think I could eat my own Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the lady in Marden near here um, she um, butchers her own and she says they are very lean um, but it's the way to go and a lot of people are cross breeding swap less with other breeds now uh, for the growth rate and leaner meat. Uh, so, yeah, it's a way forward. They're a big sheep, aren't they? They are a big sheep. I mean, they've got a lot of wool on this time of year, I suppose. And yeah. they're shorn, they look completely different. And when are you shearing? Well, I like to shear in May, as long as the weather's right. I mean, if it goes really cold, there's no way I will shear. They're just, cause they, they're a bit sensitive sheep. I lost one in shearing last year. Then the following day, she was dead in the field and she was one of my favourite and this is what sheep do. They sort of, hey, she didn't like it. She was out. Maybe it gone a bit cold. Um, my dad it gave used her a bit of say, a shock. My dad used to say, there's a one ambition in pedigree sheep, and that's to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do like dying, and it's always the best one that does die, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this tiddler of yours <laughs> I know, is eating my trouser leg. I think leg. it's hungry half. <laughs> Isn't it cute? Yeah, it's lovely. Mm, it should be with its mother, really, but she doesn't really like him. Have you trimmed their tails? Because they've got a little white bit on the end, haven't no. they? No. Usually the tails are docked. In the main flock, the rubber ring goes on the tail as well. Yeah. But the, with this breed, we keep the tails, and they should always have a bit of white on the end. One lamb in here is only got all black tail which is wrong wrong marking yeah. and one's got a very long white bit yeah that's too much white and now the <laughs> lamb has undone the zip on the bottom of my trousers <laughs> oh he could go with toast and jam chocolate sheep and so can we come back for shearing yeah come back for that shearing would be great fun, yeah, wouldn't that'd it? Be good. because i can roll a fleece can you i can hey. thank you very much al we're thank gonna you. go and have a look at the plants and see behind the scenes in yeah. the polytunnel. 
just walking on the way back to the um, wildflowers and Al says oh we must just go and see if we can see the, the yellow rattle but actually the whole grass is covered in massive worm casts yeah. you must have a heck of a worm count here yeah big, big business couldn't we yeah yeah, well, this whole area is covered in yellow rattle, but because we put the sheep on, it grazes it down. Right. We tend to do that now because otherwise it takes half a field up of yellow rattle and we haven't got a lot of grass. Yeah. Um, we um, had a lady this morning who said that her turf was quite patchy. So I went out into the wildflower meadow and actually ours is quite patchy and I wondered, is it because the grass grows before the flowers? Yeah, the grass will always grow before the flowers, usually. So the space is probably quite good, is it? A bit of meadow sweet down there. Oh, yeah. The space is probably good, then, is it? Yeah, and you probably want to trim the grass down to allow the flowers to come up. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it will take over. And I tell you what, last year we supplied Torquay Council with hundreds and hundreds of pub plug plants. Yeah. You remember, because we sent the boxes and you told me off. Oh. Well... <laughs> Um, Rach heard on the radio, on the news, the national news, that Torquay Council groundsmen had sadly mowed off all the wild flowers. And so there's a big row about it. You had a lady on the phone who's a fan of Farmer Phil's, didn't you? Oh, yeah, this morning, actually, have Vivian from London. Um, Hello, Vivian, if you're listening. Um, She gave um, Farmer Phil and Toast a great big kiss. And I've actually emailed Farmer Phil, so I'm sure he'll love that. (laughs) I've got a chap here who says, talking about Farmer Phil, now, just get me my paperwork out. And it's Stephen Humber, and he's sent me in a whole lot of favourite things he likes. But his favourite thing, he says, I love the podcast and they always make me smile, but my favourite has got to be the one on the combine with Farmer Phil. So it's just the Farmer Phil fan club. Yeah, it is really. If you've got any messages for Farmer Phil, dear listener, preferably negative, send them in to heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk. Always like to have a good balance on the Wiggly podcast. And actually, um, we've forgotten a birthday request. I don't know whether you did it, Hev, but you emailed me a customer. She said, my boyfriend always listens um, to the podcast. Please um, send a request. But I actually haven't brought that email with me. So oh! we will do it. It was the 31st of March. Oh, no. <laughs> so we will remember. <laughs> we will give him an Easter request or something. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listener. <laughs> Maybe... Maybe when you get back, you can have a look. Because we missed the birthday request anyway. Okay. Right, we're heading out to the polytunnels to hear all about the latest on, well, Bilbury, I expect. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any Bilbury here at all? <laughs> oh, I see Bilbury. <laughs> <laughs> For those listeners who haven't kept up, we never have any Bilbury. <laughs> anyway, so we've got three polytunnels. Yeah, see they're all different colours. Yeah. Um, that far one is a lighter one. It gets very hot. Very good for growing things this time of year. This one always remains quite cool because it's got this dull effect, creamy colour. Oh, I And see. I think this colour is the sort of one between those two is the best, really. Right, OK. So what have we got growing? All sorts of um, bilberry. <laughs> uh, if we go in this first one, it might be quite hot. Okay. 
And it all works off automatic watering, yeah. which comes on twice a day, early morning and in the evening. Obviously, don't want to water during the day, otherwise it scorches everything. So it might look, some things might look a bit dry at the moment, but you can't water because it'll scorch them. And here we've got some field scabia strips that have been out of stock that can go out after Easter. All these are field scabias. Can we have some bilberry? Oh, the famous bilberry. <laughs> yeah, right, please show me the root. <laughs> oh, roots. May I just take one of these pots in my feet? Okay. Oh, dear. Yeah, they are very shallow rooted bilberry. I mean, they are growing on heathland and things. Oh, there we go. Wow. Very, very fibrous roots. Yeah. So, a few of those can go out after Easter. Lovely. That'd We've got nice. orders for 450. Bilberry <laughs> <laughs> pie. <laughs> We've got some foxglove and red campion in strips of 25. We've got lady smock in pots. So, really, really hungry lady smock. In uh, require a lot of feeding every day. Um, oh, I see. And behind us, we've got holly seedlings. Oh, holly. Um, yeah. Uh, how long? This is a really slow-growing yeah. process, isn't it? This was sown in January. Right. And we supply these in May. These will be harvested in May as just little tiny seedlings, which nursery people will pot on and go from there because a lot of people have trouble growing holly. Right. Let me see the little roots. So she's 100,000 here. A hundred thousand yeah. hollies. Actually, now there's nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> oh, she's going to put it. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's taken two years to get to this stage, this holly, because the seed doesn't germinate in the first year. And it's grown what? centimetre? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's steady. Isn't and it? believe it or not, it's only sixty percent germination after the second year. Oh, um, so how long will it take before you get a holly bush? A holly bush, a two-year-old tree is quite nice. I'll show you one in the next holly okay. panel. Um, and here we've got the yellow flag iris for the pom plants. Oh, they are really healthy. Yeah, and the, um, what do you call these, Hev? Billy's, no, did you call these Billy's button? No. Is that water ravens? I've yeah, said water, that before. Yeah, you have. Like, marsh marigolds. Marsh marigolds. Uh, which are uh, yeah. cowslips on the end. Get and up. more bilberry here. <laughs> There's at least um, <laughs> 35 there, Alison. <laughs> and when I came over the river, the primroses were out on the bank. Oh, yeah, I see those. Absolutely great, lovely. And what's the name of the dog? Sparky. And Sparky starred in Wiggly Catalogue a couple of years ago. Yeah, so I'm going to take a photo of him for the blog. Hello, Sparky. And we'll go to the next polytunnel. I think I'll better take my jumper off. Okay, and here's the wild garlic that we featured a while ago. You smell that leaf. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so we're going to make peanut butter and garlic leaf sandwiches. So these are outside. Is, does that mean they're closer to being sent out? Are they hardening off? Yeah, or? these can all go out now. Yeah, they're fine. There was a bit of a back order at Wednesday. Garlic. <laughs> well, it's a good sign. <laughs> if anyone wants um, wild garlic, now's the moment. Yeah, it smells gorgeous. Okay, let's there go. Many, many pots. We're going to another potty tunnel. Okay. White, loads of white campion in pots. Yep. <laughs> and this little tray here is for Bishopstone Church for the Easter. Oh. They're going to do a little Easter thing around the font. Beautiful snakes, head fertilities, primroses, cowslips, wooden enemies. 
Those wood anemones are the most beautiful mm. flower. Mark Eccleston took some pictures for us of wood anemone. Oh. I'll put them up on the blog. By the way, he's got a new website, Dragons and Damsels. And if you want to check out his photography, he's becoming quite famous. He's got a, a regular slot in his local newspaper. Hey, and then we're in the middle polytunnel, slightly cooler when more reds camping coming on, ladies' bed straw for the pond. So what do you have to do on. every week here then? Well, you have to check for aphids and slow, they get attacked by slugs a fair bit, although there's a hive of um, frogs and toads in these polytunnels, you wouldn't believe. Every time you move a load of pots, um, you find a, a frog. No, you don't. <laughs> but you usually do. Uh, you just have to check for um, it's really aphids and a lot of feeding, foliar feeding going on. Watering is most important. And um, although there's automatic watering, you do have to check the outsides, occasionally a nozzle of block or something. So you cannot go away from the place really. And so every week, how many do, are you actually producing for sale, roughly? Every week. Every week we pot up a few hundred plants in pots. It depends on what's favour the most, really. It, it goes in bits and stages of what's popular. <laughs> Hello, Mother. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> like Alison's mum. Nice to see you. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's cringing. It's like being she a radio. didn't realise she was going to be on the podcast. Right, she's quiet. <laughs> could do with a cup of tea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's more ladies smoking pots, which need more feeding. They've gone a bit green because oh, of yeah. that. They're really, really hungry things. And um, so, I'll, oh, and here's a mouse trap with some cheese in it. Yeah, we catch loads of mice in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You feed foliar feed, so they're not organic plants. So um, right? you can't really be classed as organic because occasionally you may have to help them if they get aphids and things. Right. It's very difficult to grow a vast amount of plants on a big scale organically. Although yeah. people would hate me to say that, but it yes. is. Yeah. It is. It really is. And do you think that that overall that you're doing the best for the plants, doing it the way that you're doing? Well, yeah. I mean, hardly any. Well, no chemicals are used. We've got coir-based compost mixed yeah. with loam, added fertiliser. And that's why we're foliar feeding them, because of the coir compost hasn't got enough nutrients in. Uh -huh. So we're taking away the peat out of it. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing our best. We really are. And it must be a great achievement to realise that you're not actually depleting all the peat bogs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'll show you the compost. It's outside. We buy about 20 tonnes at a time in. You've just trodden on some plants here. Oh, Should I charge you for those? Yeah, I expect so. <laughs> <laughs> just going back out into the sunshine, but the polytunnel mm, is so hot. boiling. <laughs> right, this is it. Um, in these big bags over here. I think there's an open one somewhere. We have it specially mixed for us, and it's our own special blend, which we're not going to reveal what um, percentage of what goes in here. Okay. It's taken a while to uh, sort it out, but that's a mix of ah. oh, yeah. That's quite Beautiful. a nice compost, isn't it? And it's got added fertiliser in it. Oh, I see, yeah. Very friable. Yeah. So what's in it? Uh -huh. Secret, <laughs> coir, yeah. loam, and added fertiliser, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alison, for giving us an insight into the plants. And it was great to catch up with the sheep. Yeah. And we're just going to go inside and find out 
our birthday request details. Yes, because um, Joe's been looking on my computer for me. Yeah, so. Fingers crossed. Okay. Thanks Al for showing us around the farm. Just two other things. There's two other farmers blogging. I wanted oh. to mention to you, we've got Farmer Jake already, but now we've got Rachel from Welsh Meat Direct. They right. have Welsh black cattle and they um, have a cutting up room on the farm and sell the meat. So she's blogging. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that great? And I'm speaking at the Online International Podcasting Expo on the 20th to the 21st of April. So if you'd like to tune in, go to the blog and you'll see the links to the other farmers' blogs and the podcasting expo there. And we're really pleased that we will have Terry Walton on the show. He's the allotment guy from the Jeremy Vine show. Hey. And we'll be making a Wiggly Wigglers Saga podcast. So that's coming up. Thanks for us for, from this week. I hope you had the most wonderful Easter ever. And Alison, you've eaten too many eggs. Oh, <laughs> how rude. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Have you located this special request? I've you know? located it. I phoned Jo in the Wiggly office and she's looked on my email. And it's Charlotte's boyfriend, Mark Carline's 34th birthday. So happy birthday, Mark. And sorry it's a bit late. Never mind.